It was the summer of 2018 that changed my life forever. On the first visit to the ER, feeling extremely fatigued and having a constant cough, the doctor took an x-ray, which didn't show anything, and thought it might be walking pneumonia. I left the ER with a pack. On the second trip back to the ER after taking the antibiotics, still not feeling well and having coughed up a small amount of blood this time, the doctor ordered a CT scan, which revealed a mass in my left lung. I sat at the end of the bed wanting to believe so badly the doctor had misdiagnosed my medical, my medical condition. After going through two biopsies, a plethora of x-rays, and numerous doctor visits, I anxiously awaited my doctor's phone call regarding my test results. Instead, I received a call from a receptionist from the hospital to make an appointment with the cancer center. Cancer? Treatment? I asked. Can you share the diagnosis? She regrettably muttered, oh ma'am, I'm so sorry, I thought you knew. Imagine, I'm a little confused, I still don't know the diagnosis, and I have to wait for the doctor to call. And here, I'm talking to someone named Sunshine. Ironic, I know. Still unclear on my stage and type of cancer, it was that moment I had to digest the fact that I was now a cancer patient. No one can prepare you for the moment you hear the word cancer. In all honesty, I cycled through those pessimistic questions. How long will I live? How much time do I have with my family? Why me? I felt defeated, saddened, and angry. Later that day, the doctor finally called to tell me I was diagnosed with non-small cell lung cancer stage 3B. At that moment, I clicked off the phone and everything around me went quiet. And I heard a voice say, you'll be okay. In time, I knew that moment was the turning point for me to lean into the diagnosis and not to fear the outcome. Now it was time to research the treatment options. And I walked into one facility and after sitting down, I couldn't shake the feeling that I didn't belong here. As I sat in the waiting room, my husband pointed towards the aquarium where a dead fish had floated to the bottom. We both looked at each other. No words were spoken, nor needed. Maybe a sign which confirmed my feelings. This was not the place for my treatment. I learned very quickly to be my biggest advocate, which I can't stress enough. I made appointments with different hospitals to talk about clinical trials, chemo treatments, radiation, surgery, and just kept asking questions. Also, I connected with organizations and other people who offered wise words of wisdom. By being proactive and exploring all options, I felt the answers or directions to take reveal itself through the process of discovery. Since my biomarker was EGFR positive, I, des I decided on a clinical trial. I knew that I was making the decision based on the willingness to broaden my thinking and knowledge and not the lens of paralytic fear. It's been two years since my surgery, and knowing there is no cure for lung cancer, I turned my advocacy into running marathons with one lung to raise awareness and help fund research through donations. Why do the miles count? I hope to bring attention to federal and private sector funding for lung cancer, which pales in, which pales in comparison to other cancers when it comes to fundraising efforts. What concerns me the most is missing an opportunity to fund, study, and find a cure for lung cancer that takes more lives than breast, colon, and prostate cancer combined. 
As a lung cancer survivor and advocate, I hear this so often. Do you smoke? I believe removing the bias from smoking to support and fund research opens other possibilities to facilitate discoveries within within oncology research and an opportunity to find a cure for lung cancer. Social stigmas don't cure disease. They keep us from learning and exploring options that might produce a miracle. Like Albert Einstein stated, and I quote, there are only two ways to live your life, as though nothing is a miracle or as though everything is a miracle. 